When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast this is january 5th 2020 happy new year folks happy new year to everybody hopefully everybody survived the uh, january 1st festivities and everybody was safe with families friends and pets i like pets i'm a big dog guy boston terriers are the best um joining me as usual is my friend and uh dear co-host why did I, I should have said that around, co-host and dear friend, Heather Ringerson. Heather, what's up? Nothing, what's up? Ah, uh, nothing. I had a long weekend. It was, it was, oh my God, a long weekend, yes, yes. But um, the uh, show sponsor today, and as always, is betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50 for a sweet bonus after you sign up for a free account. Um... Heather, Heather, bull feather, banana, banana, full feather. I can't, man. I was just thinking, I bet you won't be betting on my bells next weekend. And the Patriots are out, and I really don't give a shit about that anyway. So no. anyway, great way to start the show. A little negative. 
but you can't help but feel negative. It's you know not what? The most positive week guy. You're gonna have to keep the energy. I understand. Um, and it, you know, like you said, it was a tough weekend for me. Um, you know, Providence Bruins. They lose two straight. Last uh, last night and Friday night, I was not able to be there for the third game today. So that is actually going on in nine minutes. So we'll tune into that as we talk Bruins hockey. But um, that's just. I mean. It's, this is going to be probably a quick episode. Uh, it's a frustrating one, but since it's been a busy weekend and trying to get everything done in, in a matter of hours, we're just gonna we're gonna truck right through this. Do our best. Absolutely. So let's talk about last week's games, uh, starting off on December 29th, 2019. The Boston Bruins uh, played the Buffalo Sabers. I totally forgot is this a home or away game this was a home game so it was at TD Garden uh, first period David Pasternak scores his 29th from Marchand and Bergeron to make the score one nothing Boston at the 1239 mark of the first second period the Buffalo Sabres get on the board at the 637 mark tying the game third period lots of stuff going on here Jake DeBrus scores his 10th from Camphor and Pasternak on a power play at the 2.37 mark. Jake DeBrusque again gets his uh, second goal, his 11th from Krejci Camphor at the 2.55 mark of the third period. Another power play goal. Um, and uh, the Buffalo Sabres score on a Curtis Lazar second goal at the 5.08 of the third period. So this um, goes to... The shootout. Is that correct? No. All right. So, um, we won. I can't see that. It's, it's just fine. No, ridiculous. it's the first. It's We actually won that game. Like an actual hockey game. All right. Yeah. I'm, my eyes are just a little a little. It's all bad. right. You've been busy this weekend, too. I'll try to. All right. I'm perking up. I'm paying more attention. Cool. Okay. So, Tuca was 24 out of 26 with a 923. He played pretty, like, Goaltending, I don't think, has been an issue this week overall. They've been playing hard, but haven't got a lot of support. Uh, Camper got two points that game. Yes. Thanks for being up, Steve Camper. <laughs> that was the one where DeBrusque and Heinen got themselves benched during the game for a little bit. But this is everything so. Yeah, but like I said, I think that's fine for a short-term solution, but that kind of is silly thing. Sorry, I don't mean to click my pen, people. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Connor Clifton got hurt. I think that's the game where he got hurt, right? Yes, he did. Um, Going out, but we were two for seven on the power play, which wasn't really that... Our special team looked pretty good, so I was surprised on that. But you also have to factor no crew, no McAvoy. People getting benched. I don't know, but it was the best game of the week. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's it. I'm moving, moving to Tuesday, December 31st. It was an afternoon tilt uh, against the New Jersey Devils at, where were we? We were at the Brew in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Um, so, uh, starting off the game, Brad Marchand scores his 20th from Pasternak and Grizzlick. That's a power play goal at the 2-0-3 mark of the first period, so things are looking good. Joachim Nordstrom uh, adds that to that lead with a 2 Gets a two to nothing lead uh, from with his fourth from Corrali and Carlo at the 4:27 mark of the second. 
Blake Coleman scores his 12th from Gusev and Vertanen at 8.58. And uh, Jesper Barat scores in the third period for New Jersey at the 13.11 mark of the third period to give the tie. And this is the one that I was thinking about the shootout. And the Boston Bruins come away with a win. Can't believe it. Yeah. Well, it's a shootout win. Or, I, we should be excited. Or 12 deep of not winning, but that's okay. Yeah. Not really. Although I do have to point out that Yaroslav Halak looked deep, really good in this game. He had a 9.55 despite losing the game. He stopped 42 of 44 shots. That's a lot of shots on net, but... Jersey's looked all right the last couple weeks, so um, yeah, twelve deep in the shootout, and yeah. it took until Chris Wagner scored. Yes, and Bergeron the mayor, but he didn't. The mayor. We lost to New Jersey. What the frig? This is the oh the and shootout yeah. loss. I see. Yeah. I'm I'm very confused. Trust me. <sighs> all right, don't so don't get confused. But this is this is the cra- the world's gone crazy game where Richie Lindholm, what are these lines and Bacchus and all of that jazz that made me feel like I want to start a fight with Don Sweeney. And Don I, Sweeney fight. No, I want him to bench the coach, like I said, yeah. <laughs> in there. But um, holy hell, I wrote down Carlo and Chara both played twenty seven plus minutes in that game. That's a lot. It Obviously, is. McAvoy and Krug were still out, but. That's some heavy frickin' minutes. And Clifton, correct? Uh, no, Clifton hasn't been playing. Jeremy Lozon was up for him. But um, can I just ask, this seems stupid, but instead of playing Lindholm and, and whatever, I get like... Yeah, we're going to talk about that later on. Right, but I was going to say, it just seemed a little... The lines in this game, which I get are part of a bigger discussion... It seems like from the get-go, this game was meant to be lost. Sure, I, felt like I'll it. say it. I'm not trying to be negative, but if any of you watch the New Jersey game, you will understand what I mean by that. All right, fine. Well, <laughs> we played on Thursday, too, so let's talk about the Columbus game. Yes, Columbus at Thursday at TD Garden. I got that right. Can't believe it. Um, the Boston Bruins get on the board in the second period. No scoring in the first period. David Pasternak scores his 30th from Krug and Bergeron on the power play at the 11.07 mark of the middle frame. Sonny Milano, not to be confused by Mint Milano Cookies, scores his fourth from Gerby and Wenberg uh, to tie the game. Um, And unfortunately, in overtime, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois scores his 14th from Jones at the 52-second mark of overtime. Getting one past uh, Tuka Rask on a on a on an odd man rush, and um, yeah, finishes the the game on the sour note. Yep. So. But we got a point. Yes, we did get a point. The loser points are so exciting! Yay. But Tuka did play, he did play. It wasn't his fault. We lost that game. Like I said, I'm not blaming the goaltenders this week. I do think, you know, no one's perfect, but they did their jobs, and it was kind of everything else happening. Uh, he stopped 31 out of 33. So, and the Blue Jackets aren't, like, they're a better team than the New Jersey Devils overall. I mean, they aren't the Blue Jackets, you know, right. even who we saw last year in the playoffs, Blue Jackets, but right, it was an all right effort, I guess, versus the Blue Jackets, sure. but still, 
when 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 you can what but it doesn't get any better with the home game and an afternoon matinee um, against the Edmonton Oilers that came to TD Garden on Saturday um, yesterday the uh, first period goal from David Pasternak his third 31st on the power play from Krug and Marshan at the 310 mark just seemed like to, to start the game off on a right foot um, but then there was nothing after that absolutely nothing there was no effort to try to get back into this game um, I saw so many passes um, that were were connected on the stick and then lost shortly afterwards uh, zone entries uh, zone exits uh, were absolutely horrendous against a team that they uh, honestly they should have beat um, but when you look at the committee on the Edmonton Oilers side of Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Dylan Nurse, and so on, you um, you know it's 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 not an easy task to, to do. But you know if you're if you're ranked in the first in the Atlantic Division, act like it. Um, and these games need to be won because uh, points are a premium. Drip, drip, drop points here and there. Suddenly, whoa, are we looking up at Toronto? Because that's where we're headed. Yes. Just saying. Absolutely. So uh, second period, there were two goals from, um, from the Edmonton Oilers. In the third period, two more goals from the um, Edmonton Oilers. And the game ends in a 4-2-1 loss. Uh, tough one to see. And then, so... Um, to, uh, I'm sorry. We Yaroslav Halak was in net and he uh, stopped uh, 22 of 25. One of them was such a softy, which was absolutely ridiculous. And I found it funny that uh, when you look on Twitter um, watching this game, somebody said that uh, <laughs> Yaroslav Halak reminds them of Tim Thomas. Th Thomas can make these sprawling saves, these acrobatic, unbelievable saves, but would give up a, a, the occasional softy and this one this one was just terrible that's terrible. a problem with both our goaltenders like when they do give up goals some of them are like mm, yeah but did that happen oh i we didn't mention though on the second we did get back mcavoy crew came back creechy was out for a game he yes. came back clifton not back Yes. Not no. good on that fact. So, sorry about the lack of uh, notes that we've been taking that's that's on me. No, I just literally forgot it, people. I'll admit it. I was staring at it, but <laughs> I was already moved on to the Edmonton game in my head, which I only wrote down, please don't make me talk about this game. So, glad you you summed it up in a nutshell there, Mark. Hey, what can I do? I, I try to do the best that I can um, in the time that I have. So... Let me pull up this. We will talk about the upcoming schedule as soon as my computer brings up this awesome ad read from the great folks and our show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Oh, then you know what? Why oh, you're waiting for that? I just wanted to mention uh, this is kind of maybe something random after, but on Thursday on the second, Chara also became him. Uh, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe became like the 12th, 13th, and 14th or something like that players ever to play in four different decades, a game in four different decades, and that's kind of awesome. Which seems silly because they, like, obviously Chara's 42 or whatever, <laughs> like, how did he play in four decades? But it's just something mathematically that works out. Which I'm terrible at. Times-wise. But that's a big, that's a big thing, another reason why those, and 
I guess shout out to uh, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe as well because they also decided to skate into their fourth decade. Fourth decade club. Yeah, just wanted to mention it. All right, go. Okay, so from the great folks at Bet Online and our show sponsor for episode 161, the hockey season obviously is fully involved in the middle of the season. Uh, football is is over for the New England Patriots. Sorry, Pats fans, not sorry. And the basketball seasons are in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional football or basketball or hockey or any other worldwide sport that is on the website and available to bet. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild propositions as, will Coach Cassidy be fired? <laughs> will <laughs> Coach Cassidy watch who will make the, Who will make the college football playoffs and who will win the NFL MVP? Get the fastest to market odds, updates, payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to BetOnline today on your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, so we are going to talk about the upcoming schedule. Obviously, there's no games today on January 5th, which is good. And there's no games on January 6th, which is good. Because this Boston Bruins team definitely needs the rest. And it needs to straighten this shit out. Um, but they get back on board with a game on Tuesday night in Nashville. And let me pull up my standings here. And the Predators are... They're 5-4-1 in the last 10. Away from the... Um, I used to remember the name of the rank. On the road, they're 9-8-2. So, this is... I'm sorry. They're 10-7-4 at home. So... Um, they, they've been beatable on the, at home or on the road. So, uh, must win game. I don't care. You don't go to overtime. Don't go to shootout. You need to win these games in regulation. They beat us 4-3 in the overtime uh, the one time we played them this year. Just for a point. Okay. I didn't even think that we played them, but apparently we did. So, um, definitely must win. Uh, jumping to Thursday, uh, January 9th. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets come to TD Garden, and Winnipeg is sitting outside the wild card picture. Um, they are 12-7 and two on the road, and uh, three five and two um, in their last ten. Another winnable game, I believe. I mean, Winnipeg's got some outstanding players: uh, Mark Shifley, um, the former Bruin. Yeah. Uh, why am I t uh, terrible? Terrible today. Sorry, folks. Uh, Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler, and um, they and yeah. So they're a good team. Um, they have uh, Patrick Laine, who's always a threat. So um, anything could happen there, but you just gotta come and play to win. Um, and jumping to Saturday, January 11th. This is gonna be probably the toughest one of the week. Um, and probably my schedule loss is at the New York Islanders because the Isles are an incredible team this season. Um, sitting in third in the Metro Division, 
and they are 13 5 and 2 um, at home 4 5 and 1 in the last 10 they're currently on a losing streak of two so hopefully I'm wrong with that but um, we, we shall see but they beat us 3-2 in an overtime the other time we played them that's right do you see a theme that I'm just trying to thread into no I know I know I'm trying <laughs> I'm just trying saying. the best trying the best yeah but uh, that is the upcoming week's schedule brought to you by the great folks at betonline.ag please use code CLNS50 to get a free account and 50% bonus. So I don't know if it's worse that you couldn't think of Blake Wheeler's name or that I couldn't think of Blake Wheeler's I name know. after you. Like, hey man, help me out. I literally <laughs> was like, mm, Winnipeg Jets don't care. Sorry, my brain is like, no, oh. I'm heartbroken. Like my brain is shut down. I did couldn't. Sorry, Blake Wheeler. No disrespect to you. Yeah, my I'm just totally out of it. Uh, traveling from Providence, which is only an hour and a half ride for us, but it was just it was. If you've ever driven, I didn't want to leave. Honestly, my my heart and my mind are in Providence right now. Like that place was amazing. We stayed at the Hilton. Good prices. Um, awesome bar downstairs. Awesome restaurant downstairs. We, we, we went to the Trinity Brew House twice. Um, I, I got a Reuben. I go there every day. Every day I go to Providence, I have to go at the Trinity Brew House and get a Rhode Island IPA or several and, and a Reuben because it's so freaking good. Um, but I don't know. My mind's just there and kind of running around today getting ready for the upcoming work week. So brain's a little fuzzy. And the Bruins not doing good is not helping the, the cause here on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast on January 50,000. Look, Mark's doing the best he can because he traveled and he's still got a crap ton of stuff to do, but we are getting this podcast done. I'm going to pick up. I'm going to invest now. I'm invested. I'm sorry. She's that buying not, it. That wasn't my best. Well, listen, I guess I'll I, get you going. I have a list thing. of topics that you could, might knock okay. you down a little well, bit. Well, let's talk about that. At least we're still at the top. Okay, can we talk about that though, real quick? Sure, can we just can. mention just what our own record is? We played 43 games. We're 24, 8, and 11 with 59 points. We are still magically in first. We've managed to get ourselves back second in the conference, and we're second in the NHL again, which that means everyone else had a bad week too. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I do want to just say can we just maybe win a few of the games this week? Because now we've got Tampa Bay has come into third place. They've got, they're only. A handful of games behind us, but they've got six points possibly over everybody else because they haven't played some of their games because the early schedule traveling. And um, I don't want Toronto to be in first place next week, so just asking nicely for a friend if you could. It's maybe. a New Year's resolution. Please win. Yeah, but we're four, one, and five. We've already talked about this, the inconsistency over the last two months. Uh, and it's not looking very good for that, but... Hopefully we can bounce back because, like I said, goaltending looked good, and hopefully everybody else can figure out their crap on this nice two-day travel slash day off break. Absolutely. All right, let's do it. Topics. All right, let's so get into it. <laughs> the happy moment is going to be brought down just tonight. Oh, I also wanted to mention that the the Bruins who led the goal differential um, category on the NHL standings um, has slipped. They are at a plus twenty-nine, which is which is good. But they've also uh, dropped down to the second place in that category in the Eastern Conference. They are now second there uh, to Pittsburgh, who has 32, uh, which is tied for the league lead with the Colorado Avalanche. So, little tidbit of a stat there. 
But uh, the topics, um, the first one that came to mind was a Twitter conversation between my friends uh, at Chris underscore Blackie and at Johnny Bruin. Um, the, uh, the Bruins had a 15-point division lead to start the season, but now that's dwindled down to a six-point gap. Uh, besides acquiring a second-line winger, what other needs are pressing? Well, I think I said to you, also, Chris Blackie, good, listen to him too there. I like listening to Big Bad talk. Bruins Podcast. Yep. Shout out With him and, and uh, Ian Glendon, they do a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And, they mention uh, you too. So, oh, so they mention me back. all the time and I blush every time. Uh, Chris, kickstand for you, my friend. Chris, I personally think that we need to worry about doing what we can to stop the bleeding right now with the talent that we clearly, two months ago, was doing the trick. It isn't now. So I personally think in addition to our chronic, we need a right winger, maybe a right shot D. Whatever the problems are, I think we need to figure it out at home first. Light the fire under everyone's asses again because some reason it's cold. I don't know what happened, what like kind of is off, but top to bottom. Like before we blow things up at the trade deadline, for, like start right now. Although I do have some new theories on that. So that's what I think. I mean, I don't... I think we have better talent than we've been showing. And everyone else... You know, everyone knows they're a good team, but they are definitely underperforming at this point. It's not just Jake DeBrusque and Dan Heinen. It's kind of as a team. So that's what I think the most pressing need is right now, to reassess the situation and stop just moving it around and doing whatever. Yeah, we've had a couple injuries the last couple weeks, but that's no excuse for almost two months of play. Mm -hmm. So that's just it. Um, other than that, I don't know. Right I'm, I'm right kind of, like we need a right wing. <laughs> I'm kind of on board with this Twitter conversation that those two had, and and when and Chris mentioned that they they could use a second um, uh, right right shot defenseman. Um, not a second. I just I don't know why I said that. Um, but any additions to the back end are going to help um, with the committee that they already have. Uh, it's good to have players coming back like McAvoy. Hopefully Clifton comes back. Um, a, lot of, a lot of Clifton hate lately, um, and I find that very kind of kind of disturbing. That that you know the the Clifton hates there, and then everybody's cl- uh, glamoring for the the call up of Alex Petrovich from the Providence Bruins, uh, who's having a decent season down in Providence. I don't. I just don't think that he's the answer. If he was the answer, I think it, he would have been um, in the rotation earlier in the year even though John Moore and Kevin Miller were out with injuries I think he would have been an addition but from my understandings what I'm hearing through the the uh, the organization um, not directly but you know through word of mouth from people that I talk to on the regular is they don't want to use Petro on the NHL roster yet because if he doesn't work out and he has to go down then he's got to go through the waiver process and then obviously the argument comes well then what are you going to do with camphor camphor can be so one of those two guys is but the thing is it's weird is that the bruins really love to keep that that extra guy on and from my understanding is petrovich will will play the rest of the season the regular season in providence and be that kind of like uh break glass in case of emergency guy for black ace uh, come playoff time. So um, obviously, there's there's a lot of things that can be talked about in this tip. Uh, you know, this conversation. I just, I honestly, I don't see it internally. 
I don't see anybody coming up on the defense. Um, we need to go outside if we're talking yeah. moving defense. And I've said for the past couple of years on this podcast that the the Bruins are multiple players, regardless of their their long road to last year's Stanley Cup against the St. Louis Blues. We all know what happened. I still think that we're we're two or three real impact players away from capturing uh, the the seventh championship in uh, in the Bruins history. Um, with that being said, you, you got to think about the cap situation and what is going to work. There's so many avenues that, that you gravitate to to figure everything out and see if it's going to work and, and trade partners. You know, it's we're not armchair GMs here and so on, but... You know something's got to be done, and if and if one move has to be done this year to address a certain need, whether it be scoring, I'd rather have the scoring and then have the defense figure it out by committee. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't get anywhere this year, next year when you have cap availability, address something on the blue line. See, this this is kind of a weird catch twenty two to me because yes, it we could use some. Uh, I guess where we haven't, and I do think John Moore's looked better, like he's getting back into a better groove, but like like you're saying, missing Millers and Moores of the world kind of takes away a little bit of just kind of traditional shutdown kind of defensive rules on this team, and just kind of a big dude that can help you with the penalty kill and this and that, so I can see maybe the need on that. But this defense is so good when it's healthy. But what this week has shown is what happens partly, too, when the defense is not healthy, when you have three of your six starters out, and, like, how messy it can get real quick. And suddenly a 42-year-old captain is playing almost 30 minutes of hockey again. And that, oop, that can't sustain much longer. Um, but I think... I think scoring is a bigger issue on the front end, and if we're gonna do something, I think it's more important to address the second or th- or third line if you decide to switch somebody within the organization to a different role. Uh, but we'll get into like just kind of some of the craziness of what we've been doing with pairings and stuff, anyways. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the defense is interesting, but I think defense is pretty solid. This week they were injured, they were banged up, and it doesn't help when you're forwards aren't exactly helping you defensively either. Right. That being said, there has been some pretty stupid decisions I've seen on the back end this mm. week, and I'm not sure why. Again, I don't know what has happened because one of their strengths is their ability to see the ice and make clean play. Like, yeah. and that's a struggle. But Absolutely. That was a good one. Go. Good, good um, segue uh, with the struggle word, uh, getting right into that. Um, but why don't we just take a quick break. We'll take our first one. And we'll get back with a with a uh, an article topic from Joe Haggerty, NBC Sports Boston's Joe Haggerty. Um, so we'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a ninety percent rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand score! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. So we're back um, after hearing the from the great folks at College Hockey Inc. Follow them on Twitter at College Hockey. Um, so Joe Haggerty wrote an article today, January 5th. Uh, he states that the Bruins have only won four games in the last 15. 
That is a very, very tough number to swallow as a Bruins fan. So, in his article, um, the midseason slump has definitely arrived, and it continued on Saturday with the uh, 4-1 loss to Edmonton at TD Garden. Uh, the loss to the Oilers was certainly disappointing as the secondary uh, offense continues to sputter. And uh, a flu-plagued Bruins group didn't have the usual energy or competitiveness uh, to muster a strong final kick once they fell behind in the second half of the game. Um, so that's, uh, you know, it does happen. People get sick, and I understand that. I shouldn't be using that as excuses. And speaking of excuses, Bruce Cassidy just seems to be a... A, a, just a record player, just taking the needle and bringing it back, letting it go and taking it back because his his answers at, in his post game presses are, are they got to change. You have to find some other ways to explain to your fan base and to the media about what is actually going on here. Um, so, uh, David Krejci, um, who's been a, a little bit of a thorn in the side, he's he's a good player. I get it. And not to not to um, you know hamper on the kickstand love that Chris Blackie has for Krejci, but he said in the article, I think we stick with the game plan and trust what we have here. The season is long. We knew we were going to, to go through some rough patch at some point this year, and it seems like we are right now. We just need to keep working and practices and go back to the uh, little details, maybe a little bit but we just need to deliver uh, in each other. Um, he said, we, we know we were a good team. We know we can come back in any game in the third period if we're down, but we're also in the middle of it right now, so just keep your head up, working hard, and things should turn away. So with that being said, I just don't like what he says right there about the third period. And, and trying to come back into a game when you when you need a full 60 minutes to, to win uh, in this league. Um, I think I agree mostly with what Krejci said because this goes back to, I think there's been a little too much of non-necessarily, without needing to necessarily just moving everything around and not letting like stability happen and like being able to work out kinks and stuff and i'm all for like change it up when things aren't working but this system is this system of just changing up for no reason at all line pairings this and that that i can see his point about like we know we go through our you know what i mean it's you know maybe just do what you're good at you know what i mean figure it out we all work hard we all figure out what our own issue is and move forward as a team mm -hmm. instead of always trying to figure out what magic's going to spark it how about maybe just as much as you can keep that consistent and that way individual lines can work out their kinks uh things like that i just i do believe in that part because i'm like I said jokingly to you, I wish that Don Sweeney could maybe bench uh, Bruce Cassidy for a game and say, could you come up to this ninth floor? I'd like you to see what's happening from our angle. Because at some point, it not that I think that Bruce Cassidy is not a guy that owns his own stuff, but at what point, like you said, is it not going to be the hockey muppet, like... Automatic response. When are you going to go, hey, you know what? Maybe I've been making some poor decisions as a coach. Like, um the whole entire lineup of the New Jersey Devils game, okay? Yes. yes, people are hurt. Maybe they have the flu. Whatever it is. 
But Bruce Cassidy also has to own his part in this because whatever has happened in that locker room or with the way the practice is or whatever, because, again, I benching a player for a shift or two, especially the young players you're trying to wake them up to, there's plenty of veterans like, you know, and DeBrusque and Heine, whatever. And sometimes you get results. So that day, Jake DeBrusque went out and scored two power play goals. Good for him. But what if the opposite had happened? What if that kind of... If you set them more than a shift or two, like, I don't I don't think if someone is dressed and they're on that bench, they should have their ass on that bench longer than a shift or two, even if it is to prove a point. Right. Do you know what I mean? Unless it's obviously, like, a special team situation where certain players are going to play more certain times. But, like, on Tuesday, to not play Heinen, I don't care how pissed off you are at Heinen, he is going to be a better option than flip-flopping all your freaking lines around. What Or if you're going to, like, move lines around... Why don't you leave Heinen in and move the whole third line up to the second line for a game? That's I'm just saying. No. Then at least the same players are together, even if their role is changed in what they do. You know what I mean? Yep. Like again with the Dan Heinen. I'm not saying that he doesn't have like he isn't having struggles. But what I'm saying is this dude is also one of the only people on the team who is consistently asked to do a different job every single night. Different, yes. you know. Everybody else kind of has their thing that they do. But Heinen, he, and that's fine. That's why he's on this team, you know, and I get you want to send him a message. But are you trying to send the whole entire team a message when you're going to bench one dude? And I'm not saying it hurt or helped the Jersey game. I'm just saying it probably didn't help. Sorry, I don't mean to rant because I do think Bruce Cassidy should be on this list of, like, not saying change the coach, but... Maybe we should uh, be blaming him for some of the troubles. So I do agree with Krejci on that part of it like just kind of you gotta work through it you know yes uh, uh continuing on the uh Haggerty article um the uh we know the goals aren't coming easily so you you know it's going to be every goal matters i think that it, that's in everybody's head uh it's just the stretch we're in right now uh you go through the op opposite where nothing seems to phase you and we went through that and came back every night it seems in the building for a stretch I have no idea what he's talking about there uh, right now we've got to find a balance where we get the lead and play the right way protect the lead I think that's how we uh, we play our best hockey and, 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 and the end of that paragraph that I just read on Haggerty's article is is perfectly you've got to get a lead You've got to create a nice gap between that and, and and be ahead so far that if you do happen to make a mistake, it's not the end of the game. It's not the end of the world. Um, you have time to make up for it. But with the lack of scoring that's going on right now, secondary scoring, whatever you want to call it, wherever you want to navigate, you hate, you've got, you, you can't win games when you're only one game, I mean, one goal up. Because teams in this league are definitely going to take advantage of that. And we've seen how many times in this bad stretch of games since, you know, the, the, to start the, the season, they were on fire. But then all of a sudden, there's this stretch of games that they just cannot keep a lead. And that, that's frustrating for me. And that's, you don't want to see that. It's January 5th. You don't want to see that happening in, in April, May. I mean... Hopefully they make the playoffs. I mean, they're in the playoff picture right now. I'm not saying they're not going to make it, but how, how far they make it is all indicative on what is going on right now. 
Well, and it's a weird thing. I don't know what I was listening to. Maybe it was on, like, the Sports Hub hockey show. Or maybe Ty Anderson or someone said something like, and we have, like, good numbers, too. Like, even five-on-five, five, we're not bad. The problem is we're not burying our chances. Like, they it's not, it's about a lot of missed opportunities the last couple weeks of everybody. Like, you can't, this goes back to the same thing. Are we going to be a one-line team or are we going to be a four-line team, which is what we're known to be and should be, right? Yeah. But... Again, when you look down a stat sheet and everybody's in the negatives for that game for weeks, you know, whatever, like, that's indicative of something's wrong. And it's the same people overall, so I can't figure out what possibly could have happened on or off ice to suddenly, like, just not let a whole group of people who kind of had one brain suddenly all not be able to reconnect and, like, work it out. But I... I just think that it's getting to the point where it's all just lip service and we're being talked at instead well, of to. Right. And, and speaking of lip service, I don't know. I wish I remembered which podcast I was listening to, but one of the one of the hosts was saying, and, and it's a it's a very it's not it's not a podcast that is not close to like the Bruins organization. I mean, it is a top notch. Either it's a perfection pod, it's Calman on the the skate. the skate podcast. Or something else. And he said that it's almost like Cassidy is saying a message and the players are turning their shoulders and it's like, don't worry, we got it. I wish I remember which one it was, but it, that was said and I was like, wow, that's concerning. Wow. Because that's what they did to Claude. Well, Cassidy said um, when they stop listening to me, I guess I'll be gone too. And I feel like that might be a little premonition because of the thing. Not that I think that Don Sweeney has any intention on getting rid of uh, Bruce Cassidy, but again, we are now solidly third in the third year of this is your team, not Claude's old team. Yep. You know, whatever. Like players that have you've helped suggest for draft or whatever you do. And speaking of suggestion, we're not suggesting that that no, that no, he no, gets no. fired. No, but I would seriously bring this topic back up if you don't make the playoffs. Well, and I I was just thinking that, but but when you think about it, this is Boston, <laughs> and someone's head will end up rolling if things fall apart. I mean, I'm not ready to like, I mean, no one's jumping out of the crashing plane. I don't think it's that bad. I do think though, everybody's got to be owning their part because I don't care if they just re-signed you, they'll get rid of you. That's what will happen. I mean, yep. it'll be in there. But I think it's ironic because we've talked about this. Like I'm someone who thinks, I don't care if your coach is an asshole, the sweetest guy or whoever, like your coach is your coach. You might not like their system or want to do, like, but you do what you're told, good, bad, or ugly. Because ultimately, the coach will be responsible for whatever happens, right? Even if individual players get traded or whatever, the coach is ultimately responsible for the whole shebang. Cassidy needs to watch his back right now. It's it's going to be an interesting next month to see what's happening in Bruins land. Sure. Hopefully they can pick it up. No one's asking them. And again, I'm not asking anyone to be on the tear they were the first two months. But this drip, drip, dropping 27 points or whatever in the last, like, six weeks. I don't know if that's... I just made up that number, people. So don't, like, tell Mark. She doesn't know what she's talking about. I didn't even look it up. I'm just making it up. But you and I have been both watching the same team. All of you have been watching the same team, and you know exactly what I mean. A point here. I don't... My own team is making an argument for why to get rid of the loser point. Mm, I agree. 
and that's <laughs> literally I, I, Don Sweeney's gonna go in there and be like I rest my case your honor please yeah. make my team either win or lose well, because this maybe still kind of getting rewarded isn't helping he's certainly gonna have a case at the GM meetings in the summer <laughs> I'm just saying alright uh, moving on to the next topic bostonhockeynow.com writer Jimmy Murphy wrote an article today January 5th 2020 asking will Jake DeBrusque uh, be watching from the press box in Nashville on Tuesday. Um, Cassidy mentioned, I don't know, I'd say everything, but I don't know if that's fair. Cassidy replied when asked what's missing in the chemistry between DeBrusque and Senator Krejci. Uh, but right now they're just having, uh, haven't connected for whatever reason. I don't want to put it on one individual or the other. As a line, they're not. I've always talked to David, and he's uh, going to trend. He tends to pull people along. Jake's also what what now. He's been uh, in the league for 180 some odd games. Uh, should be able to look after himself to this point and uh, on a nightly basis. And they should be feeding off of one another. So I mean, that's all well and good. That they, they, that you know, the, the players believe in themselves. The coach obviously believes that there's, there's going to be, they're going to come out of this funk. Um, but still, on that second line, I, I still think there's an, there's an addition that needs to be made, some kind of sniper that puts the puck in the net, so these other two guys can feed off of that and and, and contribute um, accordingly. This is what I think is weird, is when you leave them together, we always come back to the same conversation, right? But when you break them up for a game or two, Bergeron's hurt, whatever. Bergeron's on the second line, whatever. When they get back together, look at them. They both get point. They're sco- you know what I mean? They're both getting assists. So it can't be the general chemistry between the two players. Because when they're separated, they seem to come back together just fine. Yes. I don't know what it is about the sustainability of that. Maybe it is the rotating. They don't have their third, like... Like the three amigos on the top line, they need their other amigo. I don't, I don't know. It is weird though to watch because like we go back to like Shakrichi and them be broken up. We've talked about this yeah. a million different yeah, ways. Yeah, past on the second line. But that's just, it's is interesting though. Like the minute they're back together for those cup, first couple games, they look like yeah, this is Gang why buses. keep them together, right? Like this is why you keep them together. I don't know. I just something's gotta give though before the trade deadline or everyone's might be out of here. Yeah, it's just... It's, Don Sweeney's like, I'll get me some cap space. I, I hate I hate saying this because it's, it is it is cliche, but like some some situations like this really force a GM to make some drastic changes, whether the fans like it or not, and whether it works out or not. It, it's tough. I mean, you want to address the need for scoring. You want to address the need for getting a player that's going to contribute. But you also don't want to do it just for the fact is that you're sending a message. You know, you really have to have both things work together and not one or the other because in the past it just never worked. You know what I mean? It's going to be interesting to see coming up because now Don Sweeney, like, what's he going to end up doing? Like, he needs these draft picks to be successful. You know what I mean? That's part of his, like, he's been hammered about his drafting and this oh, and that. God. Still gets hammered on the 2015 draft. Right. Like, okay, calm down, people. Like, every, everyone's, the kids are going to be all right. I retweeted this article from Jimmy Murphy, right? Because yeah. I, I, I like Murph. He's a friend of mine. I see him once in a while at Bruins events. And I retweeted it. And then some some Jack Munch 
It comes back, it's like, oh, that 2015 draft is really looking good now, isn't it? It's, it's not like, looking bad, as bad like, as you, everyone you had You had 10 or 12 draft picks in a seven-round draft. You, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I, can't, I can't keep I, going on about I that. I do think, though, that um, if things keep progressing the way they're going, I'm getting a little concerned that, especially the young guys, that... Sweeney's gonna stop moving some of them, and one of them could be Jake. I don't feel like Cassidy likes DeBrusque and Heinen. I get that vibe. I don't mean to say they don't. He doesn't like them, but I just. I don't know if it's like he's frustrated. comfort level. I don't know if I don't know if he's frustrated because he can't seem to pull out of them. What you know? I mean, his whole job is like he works so well with the young kids, right? So maybe he's like feeling frustrated because he can't figure out what angle to come at to really get them what he wants, and I feel like. They, especially Dan Heinen, at least, right? I feel like they're trying to do what their coach is asking them, but they are also still kind of young. I do agree, like, you've been around long enough. You should be able to think like a pro. I'm not disagreeing with that. But at the same time, they are still young play. You know what I mean? Like, like Jake DeBrus still has to be used to what happens when he doesn't have David Krejci and whoever their rotating yeah. person might be. You know, that is a different thing. Like, the younger kids still attached to their veteran counterparts that play with them on the line, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I'm starting to get worried that Jake DeBrusque or Heinen or whatever, I'm just saying if we have to move our young talent, I'm not sure that these kids are ready to be left. Like, maybe they will be fine if we just leave them alone a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes maybe not getting on your players back is the best course of action, especially if a player's already in their own head enough that they know and it, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, right? Like, we can, you can do this to your kids as a parent. Like, you're on them too much. And even though internally you already are in that spot, like, you're almost reinforcing the, I know, I get it, I suck, like, you know, in yeah. your own head. And even if that's not what the words are being said or even that's even the message you're, you're saying, that's what someone hears in their own head when they're already feeling like they're in a bad... It's a results-based league, and if you have to embed what you're trying to relay, on, you know, the the... The message, whatever. I mean, it, it is what it is. And if you if you can't take it and you don't like the criticism, then it's time to move on. But no, I don't think that's my whole thing. Is I think that there's like a weird, like I don't, I don't think Cassidy necessarily loves all these players that he's being asked to play with. You know, to that I say, well, suck it up. Claude Julian had to play three freaking seasons with players he'd prefer half of not being on his team, but that's he true. did anyways. But uh. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think for me is like, obviously, like, those guys are already on the big club. But it's like, for what end? Because honestly, as much as, like, I think, like, Jack Stanique is going to be brilliant, I don't think he's ready to be brilliant. And I get you also have to drop him in the firing pan sometimes. But what I've seen so far, like, I heard someone saying the other day, like, it's time to bring up Trent Frederick. Trent Frederick might be the catalyst of good change. Or... It's going to be more of just the same with our young players, and that's what I get concerned about. Like, do you know what I mean? Let, like, let, me, make... let me tell you why they're glamoring for Trent Frederick um, call-up. is because he's leading the AHL in penalty minutes. Yeah. He's averaging 2.83 penalty minutes a game in, in 35 games played. So, And he's, he plays a tough game, and, and he wins face-offs. He's still got a lot to, lot to go. Um, he's, a, he's a good player, lots of skill, but... Not the whole package isn't there. Well, that's what I mean. Is that worth giving up Danton Heinen over to move him up to plug him in somewhere right. up there over that? And I'm not saying to you know at the same time I'm not saying like get rid of those kind of kids because they're not done developing. But I don't also want to take the chance of making it worse either by 
Yeah. Yep. Good change if you have to do it. And I'm not against change. I just hate when people make decisions based on panic mode. You are the queen of segues. Well, Let me you. tell you that because this one uh, is the change that I am not. I do not like. I don't care if you're a former BU student, current BU student, or whatever, or just a Charlie Coyle fan, getting tired of some uh, some moves of Cassidy. Uh, he continues to place Coyle at the second line right wing, which I can I, I cannot stand. Uh, Corrali, third line center, not working. And uh, Lindholm at the fourth line center. Uh, it continues to frustrate the crap out of me and some fellow Bruins fans that I've talked to on the Tweet Machine. Stop. I want to get Cassie's hand and just smack it. Like, no. Like on the Jersey game the other day, why wouldn't you have just had David Backus center the third line? I'm just, I'm now again, I am just a girl that watches hockey. I'm not an expert. I am not the coach. But when I look at the lineup, please don't make me pull it out because I'm still like trying to wash it out of my eyes. So we're going to put DeBrusque on the third line. We're going to move Bjork and Coyle up to the second line. We're going to play Brett Ritchie on the second line because clearly he should be the second line right wing. I mean, obviously. We're going to have David be sent David Backus. In what's his, Jake DeBrusque, I already forgot about him two seconds ago. Let's have Par Lindholm sell. And now everyone's like on the Par Lindholm train. Why? Because he was one of the least sucky people in the game? Like, that doesn't make him good. Like, I just. Right. Not that you're bad. I mean, like I said, you're getting pay, played to be you. Like, you know, what you. No. Why would you do that? Just move the second line up, right? Or whatever. Even if you're going to. So you drop DeBrusque down, great. But maybe let's not have. I think David Backus serves at this age and point better as a center than he does a winger. I, I wish I remembered. I wish I remember the Twitter account that mentioned this, but uh, they said that the record with David Backus in the lineup. This is this is going to kill you. I believe the guy said it was ten, one, and five. So why is David <laughs> Backus not playing more? Like I, again, I just, if we're going to be nine minute interchangeable players, right? Why? Why? We, like statistically, David Backus is a better. Better, like he's probably more physical than Brett Ritchie. He's probably a better. His hands can't be any worse than Parlin Holmes. Not that I think he has bad hands. I just mean like David Backus. Right. Just because he's not David Backus that we know and love of old doesn't make him not better than some of these kind of like million dollar hockey players, you yeah. know. And again, if you're gonna pay someone four million dollars, why isn't he in there? I'm just saying. And at this point, where. Things aren't changing or getting better. Like, nothing has really changed. We're just continuing the same kind of drip, drip, drop. Like, one minute we look awesome, the next minute we have too many odd man rushes. Yeah. Too many men on the ice. I like. I was going to look it up. I forgot. I'd like to know how many too many men on the ice because I feel like that's something you Jeez. learn how to do, like yeah. squirt level hockey and shouldn't really be happening after your midget year at all, ever. Like, thing. Um, I just wish he'd stop, stop with the, the coil experiment because... It's just, it, it doesn't seem like he's fully engaged. He looks like a deer in headlights. Um, there's, there's times that he really sh needs to get along the boards and get into those when he's kind of just um, gliding in, waiting for a pass. Uh, just, I don't know. I just don't get it. He just doesn't look comfortable 
But I, I also don't understand why when you look, I mean, these guys have technology to look at game tape and so on. Why can't you look at Charlie Coyle and say he doesn't look comfortable there? And then just put him back at the third line center where he's been really thriving with, you know, the boing line of uh, Anders Bjork and Danton Heinen. I, I, I mean, it wasn't lighting the league up in, in points or anything like that, but their puck possession and their speed was pretty damn decent. Yeah. So uh, you're what you expect of your third line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly. Not, I'm just saying. I just I I can't even. There's just so many other like I'd rather see comedy. I would rather see Chris Wagner center the second line oh, than geez. Charlie Coyle because I, I feel okay. like he'd be more comfortable than Charlie Coyle. I didn't know exactly where you were going with that. No, one, I know. No, I, I saw your like, face. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know, but even just like the third line, I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. Doesn't like it doesn't make sense why you would have. Parlin, home, Brett Ritchie, and David Backus all in the same game. I get injuries, but the only person missing on the top that day was David Krejci. So it's not like the top was so out of whack of doula. Like, uh, like why would you do that? That's not going to help. Especially when you got like Dan Heinen sitting up there, like, mm, yeah, good, great, <laughs> mm, looking great, thanks. That's, again, why wouldn't you just move the whole? Like, even if you're mad at Dan Heinen, wouldn't it make more sense just to move the third line up to the second line, bump Jake DeBrusque down, and I guess like if you have to have Parlin home center, like, I will take Parlin home over Brett Ritchie though. I just have to say my preference of not wanting either of these players on my roster. Yep, I'll take Parlin home over nope, Brett. Ritchie. I agree. Uh, well, let's take another break. We'll hear from the great folks at The Store Next Door. Please go to thestorenextdoor.ca. Get some great items from some very cool people. Uh, recycled hockey sticks that uh, turn into furniture at a snap of a finger. Very good prices. They ship internationally, and uh, it's just a great cause. They're from the Yarmouth, Nova Scotia area, and, and uh, again, they just do a great job. So we will be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. We are back. We just heard from the great folks at the store next door. Um, Great folks up there. I love them. Um, we've been working with them. We do not want any cash or anything um, to mention what they do. We're just uh, out of the kindness of our hearts trying to spread the word about what they do um, and, and possibly get uh, funds created to them so they can, um, you know, pay their, pay their staff, uh, which are uh, extraordinary people that do a tr tremendous work so um, I've even bought a couple of things myself and love them so please go to the store next door.ca 
the last topic of the uh, the podcast. It's going to be a short show today. A little frustrated and just a little frustrated with, uh, particularly me, my performance on this show. It just we basically put everything together, so um, apologize for that. But uh, Ilya Kovalchuk signs with the Canadians. Now this is a very, 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 very funny uh, topic here because there's so many Bruins fans out there that wanted him to be signed. Low risk, high reward uh, narrative comes out, um, which is true. I mean, there's nothing wrong with with talking about that, but uh, you're talking about an aging veteran that's been in the league that's that's known to be a flight risk if he's not happy. Um, but I still think that bringing him on is a bad idea for the cap reasons. Um, he is making 700, he signed for $700,000, which is the league minimum, and it's gonna be prorated to $350,000 for the rest of the season. Uh, and if he does get waived and needs to be off the team, he can go down to Lavelle and uh, play for the AHL team uh, for $70,000 for the rest of the season. So, um, I, if it doesn't work in Montreal, I do not see him go, reporting to the AHL. I think he's going to be one of those babies that I could just go over and, and play the rest of my career in, um, in the KHL. Um, I don't like, what I don't like about the whole idea is even though it's prorated $300,000 off of that Bruins cap is still needed in my opinion, if you need to make a trade, because if you make a trade, you need to have the available funds on your cap space to accommodate. So even at $350,000, you're still bringing yourself down to like 1.1 right now. That's, um, that's on the cap friendly website. I believe I checked last. Um, I think there was 1.7. So, all right. So maybe 1.2 million that you have for available funds. That's not enough to, to make a deal. So I know before the show, we did talk about, you know, what's, what could happen with the, with the whole cap and so on and the cap structure. If you make a trade to uh, address the need at the uh, second line right wing, I believe to make those available cap moves, you're gonna have to um, you're gonna have to move a player on this current staff. Um, and I don't think Jacob DeBrusque is enough because he's only making nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. Still, he's on his last year of his entry level deal. That is an attraction though. He's a young player with a lot of upside. Another team could definitely come in and say, yeah, we, we'd love to have a Jake DeBrusque. I hate to get rid of him because he's, you know, I don't know. If he's not, if he's consistently not doing good in the next year or two, then you address that need because his value is still a little high and so on, so. But regardless, I just don't think that Kovalchuk is, uh, would be a good fit here. And I don't care. You need scoring. He wasn't scoring in L.A. I'm not sure if he's going to be scoring much in Montreal, and I don't get why fans think that um, that he's going to be able to do it. And and please don't bring... He had how many 50-goal seasons? He scored how many goals in the NHL? That was the past. And I don't think as a 35, over 35-year-old player that you're going to get anything like, like um, he did when he was younger. So, thoughts on that? I think that I always say I don't want him here or whatever. He was a brilliant player. Uh, I think it was a good move for the Canadians, though, because they're a little banged up right now, and it didn't cost them a lot of money, but they have someone who 
you know, he's experienced. I mean, he can put the puck in the net, you know. But the problem with Ilya Kovacek is you never know what Ilya Kovacek you're going to get. Either brilliant or not even, like, not only was he not scoring goals in L.A., they weren't even letting him play the games. Like, know. you know what I mean? I know. And I don't think that's a reflect. Everyone says, like, that they love this guy. So, I mean, he can't be a bad person in the locker. But, like, like you said, this is a... What, I don't know what you said earlier. Oh, like, this is a results-driven league. Like, yeah, you're not... I couldn't think of the word results. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry. Good thing most of the thing. But I think I'm glad we didn't get them, but I do think it was a good move for Montreal. Yeah, I mean, good for them. Hopefully it doesn't work for them because I hate the Canadians. Uh, the team. Folks, and the, the team. And those who are mad that we didn't get Kovalchuk. He only is getting that kind of salary because no one else wanted him. So Right. And I also, like I said, I think he burned his bridge with Don Sweeney when he didn't sign with us. I think Don Sweeney gave him a reasonable freaking contract offer a it was couple one of years year. ago. And it he was one year. his nose at it and look where it got you now. Now you're in Montreal. Yeah, it, it got him to a three-year deal with the LA Kings. He saw the, the term obviously the money and went that way instead of having a one year uh some kind of base salary uh with boston and and chose to go out west which i think is an obvious um i don't know i like i like i like the way they did this and and uncle bob mckenzie uh margarita bob said that there was there's no interest even before they signed that boston wanted to do it like you said they they had interest uh when he was thinking about coming back to the nhl uh, but it just wouldn't work out on a three-year deal, especially with the cap situation that the Bruins have right now. Um, so There's too many other things that have to happen. Do you have anything else? Well, just let's just run down my random list. We'll go as we go. This okay. one was kind of funny. Last Sunday, I'm watching America's Funniest Home Videos, and it was like, like Christmas videos or whatever. And it was like this little kid. He must have been maybe, you know, four, five, six, seven, whatever. And... Alfonso Ribeiro says, just because you love hockey doesn't mean you love all hockey teams. And you see this little boy take out tickets. He got tickets for the game for Christmas. And his eyes turn angry. And he goes, Montreal Canadiens. And tears them in half, starts crying, and runs in his room. And I was like, I feel you, buddy. Because obviously he's little. He probably saw the two team names and then saw the Canadiens thinking that not the, the team he wanted to go see versus them, but it was so funny. I was like, I've been there, buddy. I've been there. Oh. Just kidding. I'll always go to a Montreal Canadiens game. But it was pretty funny. He's like, Montreal Canadiens, and he just rips them in oh, half, and all the funny. adults are like, <gasps> That is funny. I, they frown upon your ticket being ripped in half, if you guys don't get why it's so funny. Um, yeah, I put down Kovalchuk, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm sick of the too many men on the ice penalties. Those are going to need to go away. Uh, Don Sweeney should bench Cassidy for a game. I've already brought that up. Let David Backus coach the team for the day. <laughs> right. Just saying. He's not making any less than Cassidy. Uh, we got some all-stars. Cassidy was just named the Atlantic Division coach. Uh, we know that passes the captain. What's up, guys? And Tuka Rask, whom I know is very near and dear to your heart, has been selected to the all-star game. Don't and go, Tuka. Bergie's up for the last vote, but, you Don't know. Don't go, Bergie. I you know, Do not I, vote Bergie in. They shouldn't go because what? Where is Brad and Marshawn? I don't oh, care. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sorry, and At least you don't it, have to don't like go him Brad. because trust me, I've had problems with Brad Marshawn myself. He just happens to be on my team. But numbers wise, give me a break. Yeah, Are no. you kidding me? Don't go to the All Star game, Brad. But damn, why were you? Why were you not recognized? recognized exactly. 
Uh, four out of eight points this week, so drip, drip, drop more points. Please don't do that anymore because the Metro is way more badass than we are overall, and we need to stay up in these top three. You know, just, what, I, you know what I forgot to tell you no, earlier? tell me. Is the next Bruins divisional game, next Bruins game that they play a divisional opponent, is not till February 8th. Can you believe that? So we've got a whole month. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, because we've already played Toronto so, all the times and Montreal all the times yeah. and all the best way to end and the Buffaloes, hockey season, right? So if if things don't get better, it's just going to get worse. That six-point gap that you have right now mm-hmm. in the Atlantic lead is not going to get any better when team when when the, the divisional rivalries outside of the Boston uh, team are playing and they're doing good. They're going to catch up quickly. And like you mentioned, Tampa Bay all of a sudden shot right yeah. up. Hi Tampa, yeah. three games more to play than everybody Seven, two, else. Seven two one in the last ten, you know, and they're on a six game winning streak. Toronto's on a three game winning streak. This is not going to be a. You've got to figure this out now. And even though if you look like Tampa Bay, yeah, they hopped in Florida and Buffalo dropped down, but they still have forty seven, forty five respectively. Like that's not. I mean, at least we still got a twelve point lead on someone. I'm just saying, that Atlantic but, right now could yeah. be anybody, right? You know, anybody yeah. could come out. But right now, the Metro is like they're all doing their worst team. The Devils still has thirteen more points than our worst team, Detroit. I'm just pointing it out divisions if we want to talk like that. But even in the wild card, right? It's like mostly Metro first, then we're kind of sprinkled in there. But in any event, it's going to be a slobber knocker. With these top three teams, whoever they might end up being, and it better be one of be us, and we better not look back and go, gee, if we didn't drop those twenty five points in overtime and a shootout losses, uh, maybe we would not be at home and not even in the wild card. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not really at that point. I just, I'm just joking. Can you please? Uh, Brandon Carlo shot out. My young defenseman's looking uh, like an old vet picking up slack with everybody being out. Like I said, he's been playing heavy minutes. That being said. Him and Zidane O'Shara cannot play 27 minutes I a know. game more than a couple games in a row. Uh, I wrote down, oh, the Winter Classic. Did you? We kind of talked about that, but not to talk about the game, but I thought it was a cool, like, how they had, like, the state fair. Like, that yep. seems like a fun, cool fan interaction. Sure. That, I mean, I didn't go. You've been you've been to Gillette. You went to the Gillette one. Was there anything that fun down there? No, I Gillette's mean, kind of a nightmare just as yeah, a location. Just, I mean, the, the best part, in my opinion, of Gillette Stadium ever any sporting event in Gillette Stadium was the Winter Classic even though the Boston Bruins lost to the Canadians horribly um yeah because I'm I'm not a Patriots fan anymore I used to be but they are a drama train and the uh the NHL feeds off of stuff like uh, the NFL feeds off of stuff like that so no no more football for me um I wrote down leave shit alone see what happens does Cassidy have DeBruskin Heinen does he want them gone Oh, uh, Maria from Watertown yesterday had said, like, how long do we wait to make a move? Like, when do you do it? Do you pop something off now? You wait till the trade deadline and you just don't touch it and let everyone bitch and see what happens, ride that shit through, hopefully do. In my opinion, if if you need to make a... We have explicit, so don't worry about it. If you need to make a move, I would rather have it sooner rather than later. Uh, the trade deadline, I believe, is the 14th. I, I could be the way 24th, wrong. The 24th, sorry, 10 days further than I ever said. Is uh, You want to you want to create time to get chemistry, um, especially with, with two players that just seem to be not doing much lately I, um, with uh, Krejci and DeBrusque. Uh, so the 20, I mean... 
the the season's over in the mid of April, you know, in the middle of April. So, you know, you want to get that as as much as much playing time, you know, continuity uh, with a new player. Uh, so yeah, I'd rather see it happen now than later. So. Um. Oh, I wrote down Torts versus the world. I love. Oh, Torts. he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He just went about it the wrong way. But he took a twenty-five thousand dollar fine for calling the NHL out on their bullshit. And he's under. Um, he cannot. Yeah, probation. Yes, from from uh, the December twenty-ninth, he cannot say anything, or he'll get what another one. Yeah, or, or something. Fifty. I think it might have gone up 50 if he does it. I don't know, so. but he's the first person I think that has been put on probation for mouthing off. Uh, I'm surprised it took this long for John Tortorella to I know. I know. get things. But anyways, I love Torts. The crazy one. Now it's, it's usually Torts versus the press. Now it's Torts versus the world. He's taken on all the NHL and he doesn't give a what. Yeah, but what uh, he what he's doing, what he did, is going to be brought up on the uh, Board, of Governors, yeah. Board of Governors meetings this summer. So I, I'm sorry, but I, I'm not saying they wouldn't. They would have won that game. That the goaltender might not have still been hurt, whatever. But he wasn't wrong in what he said. And uh, good on him for still being torn. See, we do need some of these old coaches still here to kick, kick the beehive. Not just like, well, everything's great. And we're always going to be great, and just like you know, you? everything's going great. That's Warrior got fired. Yeah, some people evolve with the times. Yeah. Um, oh. Do you think that the bigger issue is that we're not getting chances, but the bigger issue is we're not finishing our chances? Both. For some, and on some shots, just inexplicably not being able to get the puck in the net? Yes. Yes. Okay. Both are a huge concern. I know you're looking for one reason, but I'm going to say C, both. Okay. (laughs) How about... What's our problem with puck management? What's going on oh, with that? I don't know. I mean, I definitely saw it yesterday in the Edmonton Oilers game. It just, it was, oh my God, it was terrible. I mean, and it was funny as I saw the same thing in Providence, both games this weekend. It's just, they could not handle the puck properly. It was bouncing everywhere. It's just, I don't know. And some somebody brought up the ice conditions at TD Garden. I don't, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. No. I'm sorry, but. You know. Although, like most other ice in Massachusetts, it probably sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Try playing on the graphic. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just... Maybe Critchie's right. A little back to basics, because, again, you're a team that's known for crisp passes and quick hands and fast movement and good decision-making, and I'm having a hard time checking any of those four boxes at this current Hi- time. Hindsight? The basics are not working now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there you go. Like, come on. So I'm saying, maybe that's what David Craig is saying. He's like, maybe we need to go practice with the squirts or something because whatever's going on here is not working. Whatever drills we're doing are not working. Maybe we should be doing drills. Um, that's really all I put down. I'm just, I'm bummed. I'm bummed about the Bills. I'm bummed about the Bruins. I'm not ready to, like, totally drive off the ledge while I am about the football game, but I'll be all right. Like I said, that, but these Bruins need to not lose. Like, I need them to get six points or at least five of six points this week exactly. to bounce back from the four of eight and the three of six the week before. In the whatever, I mean, again, made up numbers, people. I'm not that geeky. I don't have all of it written down, but I just need it to stop. And I'm sorry about this podcast. This was not our best. Huh? This was not our, our best. best. It was not our best, but 
we do have to uh, truck on. We will uh, definitely, I'm not traveling to Providence um, this weekend, so we will have more time to um, get our facts together and, and produce a, be a little better show, but um, yeah. I mean, right. I, we're just getting the content out. We, I, I still love talking no matter what. More or less, it's just out of frustration of what's going on in this Boston Bruins organization. And, and it's slowly filtering down to the to the AHL Providence Bruins that I've seen. So um, we just, got a problem. It's just tough times. Just tough times. It'll be all right. Next week, we're going to be like, yeah, that was the best week ever. Our goaltenders are like 100%. Yeah, three shutouts. Awesome. Love you guys. Oh, my God. Seriously, David Pasternak just got his 50th goal this week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's about what it looks like it's going to take is for Pasternak to score four or five goals a game. Oh, and then the, yeah, everything's going to change. Yeah. All right, well, rate and review. Not maybe this particular one, but if generally you like Yes, us. please continue to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and any of your the platforms that you currently use. We would certainly appreciate it. We've got, I think we're at 103 now, which is yeah. pretty, it's, it's outstanding. Um, really appreciate that. I'd like to be up that. to one. 14 soon, so yeah. I challenge 11 people to go and give it five seconds of the time. Yes, five star, re five star rating and, a, and a, a good or bad words about the show, uh, particularly this today, uh, episode 161. Let's hear what you got to say. But uh, <laughs> give us a five star, uh, even after your your terrible words. Um, Patreon, 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 Patreon. Uh, we have a new Patreon uh, subscription subscriber. And that is Barry Neville. Yay. Barry Neville is a uh, is a new guy that came on a couple weeks ago, and uh, and is uh, fortunately a winner. He will get a free T-shirt sooner or later. Um, so, thank you very much. If you want to be a part of that, please go to Patreon.com/slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Donate a dollar per episode. Um, and that that's picking up too. We're we're getting more contributions from um, that, and it really helps us cut the cost of of operating the two podcasts, the website, and so on, uh, because it does uh, cost a great deal of money to keep uh, websites on with uh, domains and web hostings and and blah blah blah. So we appreciate anything we can get, and it, and it certainly does help. Um, and make sure you put lots of traffic on the actual website too. Lots of great articles. Yes, from yes, we are, we are, we are producing uh, some good content. We're bringing on some new people, um, and um, going through training processes and so on. So, and and if you are listening to, if you happen to be still continuing to listen to this right now, and and you happen to be uh, somewhat of a decent Boston Bruins fan that has some writing uh, capabilities. Reach out to me. Send me an email at blackandgoldhockeyblog.com. Dot, sorry, blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com. And uh, send me over some uh, writing examples, and we might take you on as a, as a, a new member of the Black and Gold team. Um, so you can tell that's where Mark is at in this day after traveling and oh being in Providence. That's like for a, a second job. Days. He doesn't even know where you can find him. <laughs> Stalk me at somebody else's email. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It'll all work out. Hey, you know what? I apologize for this podcast, listeners. I know. One thing. We gotta stop apologizing. No, I can be sorry for this one. All right. I'm trying to be upbeat. I'm sad. All right, I gotta go and edit this and 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 drink about three or four pink Whitney's before. Oh, that'll I, help. Before I start my uh, my my day tomorrow, uh, new fresh week, no holidays. So, 
uh, no no days off. Uh, it's, a, it's a full 40 next week. So uh, thank you for listening. If you're if you're still around right now, and uh, we appreciate everything. Please rate and review, like we said. Uh, Patreon is always a good thing to do. Uh, blackandgoldhockey.com website. Check it out. And uh, we will be back next week. Bye. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.